Good morning, and I invite you to stand as you are able. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Gracious God, in your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Know this moment, you are freed from your sin, and the tomb is empty. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
and might, by the resurrection of your Son, show yourself to us and inspire us to follow Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I invite you to be seated and for our kids to come up at this time. All right. Come on up, Evie. Help Pastor Bill out today. I'm like, no, we got a couple girls there. Come on up, girls. Come on up, guys. There's my man. All right. Good deal. Boom. Now that's the way to come up for children's sermon. Ready for action like a superhero. Boom. <laughs> well, speaking of superheroes, we are celebrating the greatest superhero of all time, and that is Jesus, and that he went to the cross for our sins. But is he up there on the cross anywhere? No, he's raised from the dead. That's right, and that's what Easter season is all about. And this is one of the stories about what happened after Jesus was raised from the dead. The disciples went back up. Can you see the picture here? The disciples went back up to the Sea of Galilee, and they were fishing. Jesus had already appeared a couple times to them, but they went up to Sea of Galilee fishing. The family business was still going on and fishing. So they joined in with the fishing. But look at them. What's, are they happy? They're sad, aren't they? They're kind of, do they look tired? I think Peter's in the boat yawning. Yeah. He, they didn't catch any fish all night. And then early the next morning, someone stood on the shore and said, did you catch anything? They said, no. And he says, why don't you try throwing the net on the other side? Well, you know, who do you think that is maybe? I don't know. Who is that guy? You think so? Yeah. Well, look at that. As soon as they did, look what happened. Look at all the fish. There's a lot of fish in the Sea of Galilee. And, the, and they had so many fish that the boat was starting to capsize. Peter jumped out and he swam to shore. He was so excited because it dawned on him, ah, it's got to be Jesus. So he, he swam to Jesus. And then Jesus asked him a question. Here's Peter and Jesus talking to each other. And Jesus asked him, do you love me? Interesting. Do you love me? You know, we're going to talk about that a lot today. What is it to love Jesus? But really, that's why we're here, is because we love Jesus. And we're going to talk about that. And here's the cool thing. We love because he first loved us, and he loves you guys, and he knows you. If you're going to love somebody, you probably need to know him. Well, he knows us, and he's revealed himself to us, too. All right, let's pray. Thank you, God, for these children. Bless them today. Give them your spirit and continue to make yourself known to us that we would love you more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. The first reading is from Acts chapter 9. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest 
and asked him for letters to the synagogue at the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is an instrument whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, 
Jesus shown him, showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon, Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, and Galilee, in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just, that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come, have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. That was, how the thir that was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him in the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Christ is risen. He is risen Hallelujah. Every Sunday we celebrate that great news. It's such a joy to celebrate that in the midst of the Easter season. I love you. 
Those are powerful words. Those are awesome words. I love you. Boy, just to hear someone say that, your beloved, your child maybe, maybe a parent, maybe a grandparent, maybe a good friend, I love you. It is powerful. And that's what happens right after Jesus and the disciples have breakfast. Some of us who went to Israel recently to the Holy Land got to hang out for a while at a spot that the church has thought might be the place where Jesus came, you know, met them at shore and had breakfast. Another powerful statement that Jesus is not a ghost, not an apparition of some kind, but a real person. Yes, a spiritual body like Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. Yes, a mystery, but he's there. And I know some of you who love details wonder why there were 153 fish. We have no idea. Anybody that says they know for sure is pulling your leg. There's lots of ways you can parse the numbers. Maybe that's how many nations there are in the world. Maybe it represents this, represents that. We don't know. Let it go. (laughs) There were a lot of fish. So after he has breakfast with his disciples, he asks Peter, he kind of pulls Peter aside and says, do you love me? Could it really all come down to this? The whole gospel of John, all the signs that Jesus performed, his passion, his arrest, his, 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 his death on the cross, his being lifted up and glorified, the empty tomb, Jesus' encounter with Mary at the tomb and then him coming through the locked doors and meeting the disciples and, and having Thomas put his hands where the wounds were. And now could it all come to this? Do you love me? Do you love me? So much in these three questions that Jesus repeats to Peter. What is Jesus doing here? What is he doing to Peter? And what is he doing to us in these questions? Well, a lot of people have noticed. How many times did Jesus ask Peter? Yeah, three. How many times did Peter deny? Three. Is our Lord pushing Peter to repentance? Kind of at the same time reminding Peter of his failing Jesus three times and yet giving him three times to make amends perhaps or is this an interesting way of confession and absolution of Jesus um, setting Peter free from that could be could be a lot of people throughout the church and still today see this as Peter's primacy that Jesus is telling everyone Peter's the main guy He's the rock, according to the Synoptic Gospels. On him I will found my church. Of course, Protestants have always said that what Jesus founded his church on was Peter's confession and not on a person, but that's just a lovely tension we live with in Christianity today. But if Jesus is just talking to Peter and not to us, 
let's go to the second reading and work on Paul's con, you know, conversion. Because, I mean, why, why do we listen? Just get the pastors together or the bishops or something and, and let them listen to this text. I actually think that what Peter experiences with the Lord is something for all of us. That we can be bold to put ourselves in the shoes of Peter today. To let ourselves stand before Jesus and have him ask each and every one of us as individuals and most especially as a church, do you love me? Do you love me? Now maybe... This is stating the obvious, but if Jesus asks us the question, the assumption is that he's made himself known to us. Now, there's some fun interchange of the Greek words for love in this passage. In some places, Jesus uses agape, that's that self-sacrificial, unconditional, you know, just pour yourself out kind of love. It's almost really a Christian word, agape love. And then there's the philios, the brotherly love. And Jesus uses philios once and agape twice and Peter uses philios and agape. And a lot of people have tried to play around with this. Most people today and even historically just kind of feel like this is just a way of rounding out the kind of love that Jesus is talking about. It's not just a action like agape is, but it's also a brotherly, sisterly, a family, a friendship kind of love. Do you love me, Jesus Ass. And the assumption is that we can know Jesus. How do we know him? You know, the great thing is that we have four gospels. Four gospels that tell us about Jesus. Tell us his personality. Tell us what he wants us to do. Tell us um, what he thinks. Tell us um, what he's about his mission, our mission. Um, we get to see and experience Jesus' personality. We get to know him. We can get to know him as a friend. Jesus asks us, do you love me? In fact, it all seems to come down to this. Do you love me? Well, of course, you, it's hard to have a brotherly, sisterly love for someone when you don't know them. Jesus seems to be saying, you know, we're family now. And so we want to get to know him, don't we? So we want to read those gospels. And a lot of people, when I know, read these gospels, they, they go, wow, I have no idea what he's saying. Well, I don't know. Have you had a friend that you don't know what they're saying? Sometimes he says stuff that bugs me. In fact, he sometimes is like, boom. It's like, don't you have a friend like that? I mean, personally, I think that's a really good friendship. I won't go into marriage because I'm thankful for that too because sometimes you just need, you know, boom, hello. I'm still convinced that the reason we get married is to make sure the other person goes to the doctor. But anyway, it's, a, it's just part of, part of something I'm wrestling with. Um, I'm really thankful for that personally. I've got an appointment with my knee right now. Okay, so, <clears throat> you know, um, uh, 
Jesus' question cuts to our, it, it cuts to our heart. Do I love Jesus? Do we love Jesus? The assumption is that there's a person here that we can get to know and to love, to be challenged by, be comforted by, that we can get to know Jesus, this one who forgives sins, this one who looks and knows every aspect of our lives, knows every hair on our head, and knows every worry, every concern we have, and he loves us. And in fact, it gets even better than this. Jesus says that if you see him, you see God. I love there's some, in chapter 14 of John, it's really cool. Um, you know, the disciples say, show us, the, show us the father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus says, hello. You see me, you see the father. Now let's contrast this. Our faith is really about knowing and loving a person. The self-revelation of God, Jesus of Nazareth. Contrast this with spiritualities of today. Let's just take Star Wars, because I love Star Wars. You know, it's all about getting in touch with the what? The force. This unknowing, impersonal power, but this force. That that's the goal. And this force isn't good or bad. There's a bad side and a good side. You know, and, and so it's interesting. Do you ever hear in Star Wars anything about loving the force? No. All you hear about is using the force. For good or for bad. But you see the difference? You know, Christianity at its best we are, you know, Jonathan has talked about we're not, we are people of the book, but we're really people of the person who's in the book. <laughs> we are a people, corporate group, who come together, and this is the one trait. I mean, you could say all kinds of things, theological things, which I, you know I love theology, you know I love confessions. I mean, I could sit and talk for hours about any theological subject you want. Um, just come on over. Um, you know. But really, what unites us all is that we love Jesus. There is a personal relationship. Now, this is where we get into piety. Boy, I'm going to make some people uncomfortable here. <laughs> um, you know, the church throughout history has moved through different cycles. Some, you know, we got all this great theology, all this great doctrine, which is essential and important. The Lutheran movement was all about a certain doctrine of justification by grace alone, by faith alone, by the word alone, by Christ alone. All these alones, it's essential. But ultimately, the reason those doctrines are important is they help us know who Christ is. And sometimes the church gets so heady that we forget we're talking about loving a person. And you know the cool thing about this? There are no experts when it comes to loving Jesus. You know, your pastors aren't better at it than you. 
In fact, I've known a lot of lay people who just have this beautiful love for Jesus that's an envy to me. You know, you don't have to be a Bible expert to love Jesus. You look at that cross and you go, wow, I love Jesus. <laughs> you're, you're as much of an expert. As you. you know, so many times people think, well, I don't, I don't know this about theology. I don't know this about the Bible. I don't know. I can't say all the books of the Bible. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not. But, you know, really, it doesn't, you know, do you love Jesus? See how Peter and Jesus, this conversation just cuts through. Do you love Jesus? There is not this person up here and this person down here when it comes to loving Jesus. They're, we're just together. Do you love Jesus? There's no, there's no um, you know, rankings. There's no qualifications. You know, do you love Jesus? Now, now, when we start talking about loving Jesus, like I say, that's where it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe not so much here because this is, but go out to dinner and say to someone, um, let's talk about Jesus. Not. <laughs> if you want to make some people uncomfortable, talk about Jesus. I mean, if you want to make them kind of uncomfortable, talk about God. But if you really want to make them uncomfortable, talk about Jesus. <laughs> and partly this is because the people who are pious sometimes with this, you know, they get a little carried away. You can't just talk about Jesus. You have to talk about Jesus. <laughs> and you have to say hallelujah after every time you say Jesus. And you know, I'm not making fun of them because they love Jesus. And I, I think that's awesome. But it, you mentioned Jesus and, you know, whoosh. But our faith is really about Jesus. I know I'm talking, just going over the obvious here, but I want to just drill it into us that really why we're here today is that we love Jesus. And maybe there's a time when we can say, you know what, uh, here's the thing, I've got all the questions you do about the universe, about how old the earth is and, and the dinosaurs and about pain and suffering and struggle and this and why so many bad things happen and you know, what's going on in the world and, and how, you know, but ultimately what you could say is, you know what, I've gotten to know the one who made everything in Jesus. I know him and I love Jesus. This is what Peter asks us. And that's so exciting and so awesome. Now, I just wanted to remind us we have this gift um, that all of what we're doing today is because we love Jesus and he loves us. <laughs> It's like stating the obvious, maybe, maybe not. Now, I like to read what church fathers and mothers say in the past about different scripture readings, and I happened along um, John Chrysostom. Um, he was the archbishop in 347 to 407 um, AD. This is the time of a little bit after Constantine in Constantinople. Um, you might call this the Byzantine era, but he was the archbishop. And he said this about this story. He said, um, for Jesus did not at that time wish to show how much Peter loved him, which is what I've been talking about, kind of, but how much Jesus himself loved his own church. 
And he desired to teach Peter and all of us that we also should bestow much zeal upon the same. That is, we should love his flock, his church. For why did God not spare his only begotten son, but delivered him up, although the only one he had, it was that he might reconcile himself to himself those who were disposed towards him as enemies and make them his peculiar people. Um, this archbishop 1,700 years ago said that the reason Jesus is having this interaction isn't so much like, Peter, I'm not sure if you love me or not, but actually, okay, Peter, you love me? This is what I want. This is what I want you to do. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times. It's a kind of commissioning of us. So, if we love Jesus, what, we want to do what he wants us to do. We want to be who he wants us to be. And he uses three verbs in, in the imperative, feed, tend, and feed. Over and over again, three times. Take care of my flock. I care about my flock. So how do we do that? Well, how do you feed sheep? <laughs> you know, if you look at the Gospel of John, the word is like food. The word, Jesus himself, is like water. It's a message. Um, it's bread. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He's the food. So how do you feed the sheep? You make sure that people get to know Jesus. That's why we get together, because we love Jesus, and we want other people to get to know him. That's why we have a church, and we have pastors, and we have a community, so that we can bring and connect people to Christ. You remember that saying? <laughs> What does Jesus want for us? He wants us to take care of his flock. But the other, then he says, tend my sheep, tend. Now, if you go to the you know, Holy Land, you know that a lot of times what shepherds would do is they would find a cave and there were huge caves in the Bethlehem area and they would get the sheep into the cave and then they would sit in the doorway and sleep. They were the gate. To tend is to protect, but it's also um, to guide. How can we guide each other? How can we do that? How can we take care of Jesus' flock? Well, we've got to love like he loved. I think this means that we want to pony up with those people that Jesus ponied up with. You know, those outcasts, those people everybody else rejects, those people that are different than we are, that Jesus wants us to come alongside them and bring them in and make sure they have a place in the flock. And when they're in the flock, we're going to protect them. We're going we're to stand with them. I was so touched by the story of Jackie Robinson, all aspects of it. But um, as the first African-American player in Major League Baseball, he's out on the field. Um, he's, you know, facing all kinds of derision and criticism and booze while he's out on the field. And one day while he was playing at his home stadium in Brooklyn, he committed an error. Didn't happen very often, but he committed an error. And the fans began to ridicule him. He stood at second base, humiliated while the fans jeered at him. 
forget all the great things he did, but he makes one mistake and they're jeering at him. And then something happened, which is really interesting. The shortstop, Pee Wee Reese, came over and stood next to him in front of the whole stadium, jeering at Jackie Robinson. And Pee Wee put his arm around Jackie Robinson and stood up and faced the crowd. And the fans were silenced. Robinson later would say that that arm around his shoulder saved his career. I want to ask you, as people that Jesus has commissioned to love his flock, who is it that we can stand next to and put our arm around? In the face of all the jeers of the world and say, nope, there's a place here for you at God's table. Who can we stand next to and defend and advocate for and support and make sure they love? Maybe it's somebody um, on the playground if you're a child, and, or maybe it's someone in the workplace. Maybe it's someone in the narthex that no one's talking to. Um, do you think about when you come here that your job is to tend the sheep? It isn't the pastor's job. It's your job. <laughs> I get to do it too, but I, we're just the sheepdogs after all. You know, we have a group in Hokiam doing that. In our family servant project, we had some folks go to Livingstone's prison ministry and worship with people in j prison. We've got love and action. Look at all the love and action in our congregation that we're getting educated on. I mean, maybe it's something like next time you're in Bremerton going to Coffee Oasis and spending 14 bucks for your coffee instead of five bucks at Target to support the homeless kids in our county. I don't know. Maybe it's something as easy as that. Um, we um, are, there's all kinds of ways that we're doing that. Jesus calls us, if you love me, Put your arms around those people that, for whom the world is rejecting, who need to know his love and need to know the gospel. Build up. So the last thing I want to say, hold up with this, is, is how do you love the flock? Well, get into the community and be his flock. Build up his community so that the word gets preached and the love happens. You know, a lot of times when we talk about piety and our personal relationship with Jesus, a lot of times people will say, us, say to us, have you made a personal decision, you know, in all of this kind of language? It's not really in the Bible, but, but nonetheless, I get where they're going to, and I like the concept of having a personal relationship with Jesus. Do you love me, he says. But here's the thing. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3, since we heard his conversion today. Um, he says, um, um, I've counted all things as rubbish in order to gain Christ and what be found in him. It's not so much whether Jesus is in our heart, but whether we are in Jesus. And that's the gift of baptism in the Lord's Supper. It puts us in Jesus. It puts us in his embrace. Do you love him? Yes, you love him. That's why you're here. And he loves you. That's what it's about. Amen.
and let us together with the whole church in every nation confess our faith. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated in the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray now for that world and brothers and sisters in faith and for all those in need. Oh God, you show your love to us in large and small ways, in the gift of our children, in the company of friends, in the transformation of spring, in the truth we need to hear, and right here and now in this worship. Help us to see, give us hearts to understand, and let us never walk away from an encounter with you unchanged. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord Jesus, your presence and revelation caused even your greatest oppressor, Saul, to turn to you. We call on your power and presence and love to be with those who oppress your name in their attacks on your church and those who oppress in your name, thinking they do your work to attack other faith communities. Reveal yourself and call out peace from violence. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Father, as, all, as many celebrate today with food and drink, we lift up our connection to our brothers and sisters in Mexico and the rich tradition of Mexican culture and faith as part of the fabric of our nation. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Spirit of God, we thank you for the opportunity to serve with Livingstone's prison congregation and for those whose spirits have been set free by you in the midst of incarceration. We lift before you today Kumar, Timothy, Cody, and Jordan. We also ask that you would continue to bless the many in our congregation serving this weekend in Hoquiam. May their faith lead them in service and their service grow them in faith. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Loving God, we lift up before you this day families in our community who are mourning and distraught due to the suicide of a CK, former CK student and an attempted suicide. We give thanks for teachers and their quick actions to um, avert this, the tragedy for one of these students, and we mourn with the family and with our community together as we hold them in your care. God, we also lift up Dave Hagen as he is hospitalized with pneumonia, Jeannie Patterson and Bruce Smith as they recover from surgery, Evelyn Brame, Ace Edwards, and, and Ethel May Nelson as they recover from surgery as well, and Norm Kunkel as he continues in hospice care. God, we lift up Kim Grasmick's mother, Carol, as she is in poor health. 
these days as well. And God, we lift up many who are facing cancer for Tim and Angela and Gary and Dave, Gail, Jim, Ron, Kathy, and Carol. And for those who are deployed and their families here at home, for Rebecca and Patrick and Eric and Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David. And for many for whom we continue to pray, to, to pray for and hold in your care. Lord, in your mercy. For whom else and what else do the people of God pray this day? Sam, Gene, Malachi. We also lift before you this day Roger Ringler as he struggles with cancer and for his family. For all these prayers and everything else you see that we need, God, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share it with one another. As we share community time together, I invite you to pass the friendship booklets along the way and to note your presence here with us in worship. Um, it's also a great place, if you are a guest of ours today, um, to uh, note some information, your address or email, and we can just to send you a letter of thanks and begin to make that, uh, that connection. And I haven't said this for a while, I say guest in worship because you can't visit worship. You're, you're part of it when you're here. You're part of the family. It doesn't matter if you're here the first time or the hundred thousandth time. Um, it, you're a part of it. All right. That's my soapbox. I get to preach sometimes too. Um, anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, the, in, your, in your worship folder, there are a couple of things. The beacon, certainly with a lot of opportunities to connect, and then ways to kind of sign up or, or speak out or offer prayers are here in the um, ministry card as well. So that's what those are tools for you. I, wanted, I do want to highlight a couple of things or a few things here today. First of all, with the weather being so beautiful, we can start thinking about summer. And one of the things we have coming up is the church picnic, among many other things going on, wonderful opportunities. But we do need a host for that. Um, and that's just if you have that kind of gift of coordination. You don't have to tire yourself out on this. It's actually pretty easy to do. It's just, just hosting some of the pieces and getting those ready to go. Also, uh, Vacation Bible School teachers are needed. This is a great way, easy and meaningful way. The curriculum is written. There are resources there for you to 
choose from and to get to know. Uh, a great way to put our arms around this community. One of the best ways we can do it. And then last chance, last chance for a parents' night out, May 11th. If you want to take advantage of that and have the kids be here and take a night out, we want to support our parents and our families uh, in their faith and their connection to one another. So that's coming up May 11th. Take a look at that. And then um, this Tuesday, our, the hometown band, which, which rehearses here, if you don't know, every Tuesday night. This Tuesday, they're offering a concert right here in the sanctuary. Um, so you're invited to be a part of that. And there's more information in your beacon. Okay. I want to welcome those who are guests of ours today. Again, use that word guest. If you'd like to be introduced or introduce yourself, we'd welcome that now. Anybody over here? Okay. How about this direction? Yeah, please. I'd like to introduce my um, sister-in-law, Barb Gillis, from Glendale, Arizona. And my brother and her are visiting, and we had a family wedding last weekend. Oh, yeah. uh, my niece, Melissa Gillis, married uh, Porter Hawksman. All right. Well, congratulations and welcome. <laughs> Others we can welcome today. All right. With that, then we can. Yes, please. They appreciate this coming. Mm -hmm. oh. um, they, they came over, they took our hands, they shaked our hands and thanked us for coming. They asked, I had one gentleman come over and asked if I would pray with him. Well, I took his hands and we prayed together. It was a very, uh, for us, <laughs> it, really, it really touched our hearts. Yeah. So yeah. I hope next year a lot more of us can go and it's really wonderful. Yeah, thank you for that witness. Yeah, definitely it's... Uh, you want to see Jesus go to the go to living stones for sure. All right. We continue to worship with our pledges and offerings.
pray. God of mercy and grace, we offer with joy and thanksgiving Be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and grace. It is indeed right, our duty, our joy, our love, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Easter Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin who in dying has destroyed death and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and, and Saul, Paul, all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and their creatures and with angels high and low, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, we give you thanks for your love. Teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ's love is poured out for us as he himself is here for us. I invite you to be seated and come forward as you're invited.
rise as you're able. And may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. once in a while just for fun. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit and love that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and with mercy and love. The Lord keep, look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. Go in peace and serve the Lord.